Once again, good afternoon. So it's good to see you in this holy sacrifice of the Mass. And thank you for coming, no? Because, you know, many are afraid to be in groups or in crowded places these days because, again, not only because it's flu season, but probably because of the coronavirus, no? That we are worried and with that uncertainty and sense of vulnerability and fear, no? We are preoccupied. And in fact, when we sense that somebody is sick or kind of weak or even a simple cold or a cough, our normal reaction is in our thought and mind, oh my God. So, it's kind of weird, but at the same time, understandable, no? But if you come to think of it, really, in fact, I've heard that in some stores, there were kind of panic buying already. Did you participate in it? I hope not, no? <laughs> because with all these supplies, yes, we have to take precautions and also have some sense of security, but in reality, when you come to think of it, even if you have the supplies in your house, it doesn't guarantee of your total security and safety. Right? Amen? How can you be sure that you are truly secured if you buy all these things? <laughs> I don't think so. So, yes, we take some precautions, but ultimately, if we come to think of it, it's still all in the hands of God. That's the truth. Because even in illness or sickness, it's not just caused by the virus. You can be sick or we can be sick with any cause. That's the truth. We are in flu season. No? And even in our real experience, those people whom we think are so healthy, all of a sudden, we know that they are sick for some kind of cancer or even those who are very healthy for whatever reasons like accidents. No, God forbid. No, but that's the truth. We are vulnerable and depriving ourselves of the grace of God like the Holy Eucharist, especially in uh, liturgical celebration and this devotion that we have to the divine mercy is unfortunate because we deprive ourselves of the grace of the great mercy of God when we decide not to come. Amen? So thank you and praise the Lord, no? Praise be Jesus that we are here. It seems that the way I see you, you are very much alive and kicking. <laughs> praise the Lord, no? But in the celebration of the liturgy, we are now in the second Sunday of Lent. 
And in the proclamation of the readings of the Word of God, we notice because we celebrate this every year, that every Sunday of Lent, there is a theme, no? there is a point of emphasis in terms of our reflection of the Word of God. Like, for example, last Sunday, when I guess you were able to come to Mass, what was the main point and message or the topic or the theme of the gospel last Sunday. It's about temptation. Why is it that only one replied? Where were the others? It was about temptation. And that, that theme, the topic for reflection is very important because we know that Lent is the time when we are invited to really look at ourselves. It's penitential in the sense that we are called to turn away from sin to be able to be more conform to the will of God, to the will of the Lord. And that is why as we receive the ashes on us Wednesday, it's not only reminding us of our mortality, but the need for conversion. And that is why the very words that are being proclaimed as we receive the imposition of the ashes were repent and believe in the gospel. Because the virus that really separates us from God is not illness, sickness, not even death. But it's the evil of sin. That's the truth. Because in the words of St. Paul, for example, nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. What really separates us is sin. But before committing sin, we are being tested how strong our allegiance to God is. And that's the value of the temptations. Because the Lord Jesus himself underwent such. And he was able to come out triumphant and victorious because he remained firm in his commitment to God the Father. And in like manner, that's also our call. Now, today, what's the theme? It's about the, the transfiguration of the Lord. And what's the value of it? How is it relevant to our Lenten journey? in our Lenten retreat, in our Lenten observances, as we prepare ourselves for the celebration of Easter. What's the significance? Why we have this gospel for this Sunday? 
You know, if we put into context, especially when all these things happened, it's in this part of the Gospel of St. Matthew that a couple of days earlier, remember that famous question that the Lord asked his disciples, who do people say I am? And some of them responded that the, some thought that you are Elijah, John the Baptist, one of the prophets. But he directed the question to them. But who do you say I am? And there's this famous profession of faith by Peter. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. But we realize that Peter did not understand what's the meaning of it. Because when the Lord Jesus continued and he prophesied about his imminent passion and death, because again all these things happen in their journey towards Jerusalem, that he is going to be arrested, that he is going to suffer, that he is going to die on the cross on the third day, he would rise from death. Simon Peter could not accept it so much so that he reacted negatively to the Lord's declaration. And the Lord Jesus reprimanded him. Get behind me, Satan, with these words. No, so strong. Because what you think is not of God but of man. Now, it's the same, no? When this transfiguration happened, because the Paschal mystery that we are talking about, the passion, death, and resurrection of the Lord as a source of salvation through the forgiveness of sins in the part of the apostles only made sense when all these things happened, that after his death, they were so disappointed and downed, and the Lord, risen, appeared to them, gifted them with the gift of peace. Peace be with you. And the gift of forgiveness. And especially during Pentecost, when they received the Holy Spirit, that they understand everything. But again, Simon Peter, when this happened, he was so overwhelmed, especially that the Lord's face was changed, his clothes became white, this transfiguration. It was a moment of glory. And now we realize that it was an assurance, a prefiguration of the glory, the ultimate glory that's going to come in his resurrection. And the Lord would like them, at least the three apostles, to experience that glory, to assure them that no matter what, what's going to happen, remember this moment of glory because it would all make sense when you experience, when you see me eventually and ultimately in my resurrection. And yet, at the time, they did not fully understand all this. In fact, they were frightened when they heard 
the father's voice, This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased so much so that the Lord told them, Rise and do not be afraid. And he told them not to tell anyone at this time or at this point in time because, again, it would only make sense to them later on when he would suffer, die, and rose or rise up again. And that's very important. And that's very important. Because if we are talking about Lenten journey, the call to conversion, it really means transformation, change of life, repentance from disgrace to grace, from sin to grace, from being separated away from God to being one with Him in communion, reconciliation. And yet, there's that reality of our vulnerability, of the feeling of uselessness, of hopelessness, that struggle, that difficulty, the fear of the unknown, especially when we think that there's no sense or there's no hope because it's so grave and serious in our life and we do not know what to do. And that assurance, that reassurance of who God is and how He manifests His love, His salvation, His compassion in us, and how He continues to manifest that love and mercy for us is very important. And part of our reflection as we look at ourselves in the times that we feel hopeless and helpless, during these times that we feel so vulnerable and weak, it's good to reflect what are those moments of that transfiguration of the Lord in our life. The moments of glory that would assure us. And if you really reflect on it, we realize how good is the Lord. Right now in this Holy Eucharist, that we are able to be with Him in this sacrament. Every time we come to confession, to receive the gift or grace of forgiveness. Every time an answered prayer, an intervention in our life, miraculously by God's saving hand a healed illness or sickness, an answered prayer in favor of a loved one, be it within the family 
or a person dear to us. When we realize the saving hand of God in moments of danger, when we are able to get reconciled with one another, especially to a person who hurt us so much, when we are able to forgive, these are manifestations of God's glory in our life. When we see a person extraordinarily in terms of humility, in terms of patience, in terms of the capacity of him to forgive another, that we just see God and Jesus in him or her concretely because we admire the, vir the virtue he or she lives for and aspires for. These are moments of glory. But the problem is, the challenge is, are the things that prevent us from experiencing the glory of the Lord. Because of human weakness, because of lack of faith, because of our impatience, because of our lack of humility and charity, because of our lack of capacity to forgive, because of our hopelessness at times, because of our lack of faith and trust in the Lord, like this coronavirus going on, and any other trial and challenge that may come into our life. These are the things that prevent us from really experiencing the glory of the Lord. Even our hardness of heart, lack of repentance and contrition. Because of the hardness of heart, we deprive ourselves of the mercy and forgiveness of the Lord. And that's unfortunate. And that is why that transfiguration that we are talking about is not only of Christ. We need also to transfigure ourselves and be transfigured by the grace of the Lord because so that real conversion, transformation, and change is going to happen. And that's our goal. And in fact, with the most divine mercy of the Lord, as we experience his mercy, our hope that we become channels also and agents of his mercy to the world. But again, there are times that we are being prevented and hindered to share this mercy 
because of our lack of mercy and compassion. So the transfiguration that we are talking about is not only of the Lord. It's also ours. So that we may become a blessing, a source of joy and glory to others. Just like Abram in the first reading. That in spite of the great challenge that the Lord entrusted to him, he believed in him and left his homeland and went to the land promised by the Lord. And it was a moment of glory for Abram later on becoming or called Abraham because, again, he believed and he obeyed the call and command of God. And in like manner, that's also our call because, again, the very reason why we are separated from God is the evil of sin when we commit anything against and the things that are not in conformity with the Lord's will and command. And repentance means transfiguration, conversion, change, that we always need. And that is why in the responsorial psalm it says, what does the responsorial psalm say? The response, Lord, let your mercy be on us as we place our trust in you. Lord, this transfiguration that we are aspiring for, for each and every one of us, for you and me, can never happen without and apart from the grace, from the mercy of the Lord. But we trust in him. And all these worries including these things that are going on in the world today, we put all our trust in the mercy of the Lord. But we should not lose our focus on our Lenten journey. The transfiguration of the Lord is a call also to be transfigured ourselves in his grace, in his mercy, so that real conversion and transformation will happen in each and every one of us. And that's the grace that we ask for and from the Lord 
in this Holy Eucharist. May we have, again, a continued Lenten journey ahead that's fruitful and spirit-filled. May the good Lord, in his mercy and love, bless each and every one of us. Amen.